Uh, could you give me a lovely clap? I can, I can give you a clap. I can give you the clap. Wunderbar. Oh, no. Please, no. This, this is the kind of cold open that I wanted. <laughs> Three, two, one... Hello weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice through the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is our novice, Will, for what might be our biggest departure yet. Oh, departure from anime, because this isn't strictly anime, is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. I can already hear the screechers out there being <laughs> this like, is what do anime. you mean? This is an anime. It's a cartoon. Anime is a cartoon. Get over it. It is. It is made up of drawings and lines and colour. And this is that. Um, <laughs> so go on then. Right. Okay. So, uh, well, before, Christ, before we even get into the episode, let's discuss what we do here on the podcast, Sam. Sam, we watch anime normally and sometimes cartoons. We and we discuss them and decide whether they're good enough to show a novice, a noob, someone who isn't a weave like Sam and myself. Full disclosure. Ooh, he's claiming no, the no, moniker. No, 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 he's no, claiming no. the weave moniker. No, I'm caveating it. I'm I'm putting in a disclosure form. Uh, I, um, yeah, I, I'm not a weeb, but I am becoming more of a weeb. Um, recently, I've. It's really weird because I'm watching. This isn't anime, so I have been watching this like in my free time. Um, and I guess what? that doesn't that doesn't make me any more of a weeb because it's not strictly anime. But like when I go back to the weekly Attack on Titan and stuff, and I'm like, I am part of this fandom. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I watched I watched a part of I watched a video on YouTube yesterday that was this guy that plays takes a piano into the middle of his city center and just plays theme tunes and plays music and stuff. And he always awesome. has like a, and and he yesterday's I don't know whether it was yesterday's and I was just oh do you know what I mean I don't know whether he posted it yesterday or it just came mm. up on my feed. But anyway, he was playing four Attack on Titan OPs just in, in the city centre. And it was just really fun watching the people in the street, those that reacted and those that knew it. And there was this girl sat Yeah, on, just like, wait a second. Yeah, there was this girl sat on the pe- bench that just reacted really sort of, um, like, surprised. And then when it went, um, oh, what's, what's, uh, in, oh, I can't remember the word. There's a, there's a word that you, uh, that you always sing. Um, what, is it in? Sasageyo. Yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she just sort of mouths along when it gets to that bit in the piano. And yes. Like, and, uh, and she came That's over. So sick. She came over and chatted to him afterwards and was like, she was, she was, it was like, oh, do you, do you recognize the music? And she was like, what do you think? I'm wearing a Sailor Moon top. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, okay. Weebs, we are out there. We do exist in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. It's crazy how many people, I think, watch these big shows under the surface that like, but as a, mm. as an outsider looking in, it's really eye opening to see that it is sort of there, and it's just just so people don't really talk about it as much because it's not necessarily considered cool or mainstream in the same way. So it it remains. I don't on- know, man. Like when I was growing up, it was the edgy, cool thing to watch anime, and that's what you got bullied for. Like you turn up to school with your Sailor Moon top on, yeah. you're getting beaten <laughs> up that day. Yeah. Now, if you're not watching Sailor Moon. Now you're the nerd and the weird one. So now you're getting beaten up for not watching anime. Mm, I don't know. I this think, is nice. It's good. It's a nice, it's a nice shift. It's a nice shift. Now we are the bullies. Where was that when I was like head down the toilet, like singing the Pokemon theme? Like, I mean, I, I guess maybe it's definitely become more mainstream and it is now considered, um, almost like a niche that you want to be a part of. But 
I think there's still a mm. huge percentage of people that don't know anything about it. Like I wouldn't, it's not like I'd go into mainstream, it's, it's, it's not hitting mainstream theatres in the same way, is it? Like in the UK? Not in the same way, but they are getting much more releases uh, of these big films. Like Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is coming to UK cinemas on March 18th. Oh, is um, it really? So you can go check that out. And Mugen Train obviously came across for Demon Slayer. The My Hero movies tend to get releases. They are still limited releases, but compared to 10 years ago, like we had the big Pokemon movie boom up to movie three. Yeah. And then it just fell off the map. We had, we got a couple of Ghibli releases. We got Howl's Moving Castle came out to the cinemas. But then after that, anime just stopped being profitable, I guess, in the same way. But now we're seeing this kind of resurgence where we have limited runs of these films and more people are going to see them and they're actually making lots more money, which is why that Demon Slayer film became the biggest anime movie like ever. Wow. But did it beat Pokemon? It went out into... I think Pokemon is still the highest grossing worldwide. Yeah. But Demon Slayer like opening has weekend. been the most successful one. Yeah, has the best opening. I think the, possibly even the best... I'm not sure, you know, now. I'll have to check. Yeah. I know the Pokemon was, like, insurmountable for the longest time. Anyway, we're watching Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we are watching it. They're, they're totally not anime anime the, from Nickelodeon. Yeah, that Nickelodeon start. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a throwback. Um, yeah, so, Sam, why would anyone want to watch Avatar The Last Airbender? Do you love a realised world inspired by Asian culture? Yes. Do you like adventure? Yes. Do you like jokes about butts? Then this is 100% for you. Uh, Avatar is this kind of anomaly with Western cartoons in that it took the long-term storytelling of anime and combined it with Western humor, I guess, because a lot of it appeals to a kind of a young audience, but the jokes work on lots of different levels. It's a bit more lighthearted, but still tackles serious themes that mm. have consequences later into the story. It draws from all aspects of Asian culture, from Korea to China to Japan, to create this really interesting world, which is essentially fantasy Asia, but it's the entire planet. Mm. And it's so interesting to kind of get to explore this world with the characters. It's quite short only about 20 episodes so if you're looking for at least for book one which is what we're covering today yeah so if you want to kind of dip your toes in it's goes by quite quickly it goes at quite a fast pace um yeah oh and it's by nickelodeon the same guys who did spongebob so So, pedigree so absolute (laughs) pedigree yeah um maybe not as much longitudinal storytelling but (laughs) i don't know he's he's still got that snail does he does he still have the snail what Derek, no. What's the snake? Gar- Gary. Derek. It's Gary, yeah. Gustav. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I agree with everything you said there. I think there's um, there there is pedigree, and the way, and this this I guess is the first thing that I want to talk about. Hold on. Do we need to roll an intro? We have a bit of a transition here. Okay. Let's do that now. <laughs> just the world's just most <laughs> unbuilt up transition i love it yeah it's great um yeah so the the first thing that i want to touch on with this um mm-hmm. is that idea is I, I there's a bit of a i don't i don't know whether this is true or not I, and i don't 
I don't want to commit to it really, but in my head, and I think this is just be, it, it, there's, there's two, there's two possibilities with this. Either okay. other cartoons don't do good longitudinal storytelling and have this overarching plot, or I just haven't watched any other children's shows since being a child and I never noticed it as a child. Because I don't know whether like the cartoons that I watch, because the only thing that I've ever gone back and watched is Pokemon, and that has crap overarching storytelling in my opinion. Mm. Like it just takes so. It's gotten much better. It takes so long to get anywhere. Each individual Mm. episode feels very fillery. Even even though there are some criticisms that I've got about Avatar, where it feels like some bits are filler, it doesn't. Yeah, it, the the episode itself doesn't feel like you can just get rid of it because it has throwbacks, it has important information mm. revealed, and I don't know characters change and yeah. experience stuff that will affect them later as well. Yeah, mm. I agree with that. Um, Pokemon is probably quite a bad example for mm. the longitudinal. Again, it is getting better. Um, Journeys and the Sun and Moon anime were quite good at telling better contained stories, but I would say that a lot of Western cartoons now are delving into that territory of um, long-form storytelling. You get stuff like Steven Universe or this huge Thundercats came back, I think, right. and She-Ra, Warrior Princess. So a load of this new generation of cartoons are telling stories that progress and characters age up and there are specials where the characters come back again after a few years have passed. Mm. I don't think it's every show but there's definitely more of them now which is interesting because when i was looking at the air dates for the avatar episodes the way that nickelodeon releases shows is very strange in that they'll drop two or three episodes at a time each week yeah and then rerun the episodes from the start again to try and catch you back in and i think when i first watched avatar when i was a kid because i i did check this out when it was on tv I didn't actually watch it all the way through consecutively. I caught episodes here and there, and then I watched the big finale. But it wasn't until I was an adult, and and it was on Netflix that I could just watch back to back to back, that I could get the full scale of the story. Yeah, I think airing on TV is a big demerit to the show. It should be experienced in in a format like Netflix or or on DVDs. Yeah. Okay. And I think, I think you're probably right. I think it is me looking through child eyes and not really appreciating storytelling in the same way. Uh, just sort of liking, cause I'm, I'm thinking there's, there's a classic that I brought up on the podcast before, um, dragonflies, uh, dragonflies. And I used to love that show and it did have a, a, a overarching story, I'm sure. Um, cause it was a very specific world setting that had a bad guy and they, and things ha- I remember specific events happening that had, you know, even though they were contained episodes, they, it, it added to the overall, overall story and they had, it lasted episode to episode. It's almost, it's almost like I've been spoiled and, and I'm getting genres and things mixed in my head because I'm sort of thinking, mm. I don't know, the, the classic example is like The Simpsons where everything resets every single episode and nothing ever changes yeah. long term. Um, and I don't, I think it's trying to separate that kind of binge, just comedy crap mm. that we watch it, that just for, for different reasons than storytelling. Um, okay. So one thing that this show does amazingly well is develop character. Um, we've got mm. who, who of our main cast, who would you say, uh, we've got the main trio. We've got Ang, 
yep. Saka and Katara, and then Soccer. You keep calling him Saka. Saka. Well, what? What? You Saka shit. <laughs> Saka. How do you spell it? S O K K A. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Fine. Soccer. Um, maybe it's just nice. the American twang that makes it sound a bit like Saka. Yeah, with their shouting like Saka. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See, Saka. Um, yeah. And then there's Prince Zuko, who's obviously a main player. In, my boy in in, in. my boy <laughs> is there anyone else that sort of enters the fray uh, uh, there's his uncle uncle iroh yeah, yeah gotta be yeah oh and general zhao which one's general which zhao? i was surprised about but thinking back on it yeah actually he keeps he does crop up a lot is he the one that he in the zuko fights yes he's that he starts off as a general and then he gets promoted to admiral and then i think he's the guy at the very end who basically causes problems oh, on purpose. Yeah, just a just a pain in the backside really. Um mm. so yeah, okay, th- we have these four characters and their their growth throughout this whole first season is really cool and you know, I've already started watching season 2, uh book 2 and it carries on, you know, it it, it gets even more deeper yeah. and even more impressive. Um and I feel like that's something they pulled directly from anime, this idea of character growth mm. and this idea of really focusing on those complex feelings and emotions. None of these characters feel one dimensional. Um, Mm. And that's, I think that's really hard to do, especially in a kid's show. There's a particular episode when we look at Zuko and Aang's past. There's a, basically a flashback episode for both of those characters. And is that the one with the storm? Yes. Yeah, it is. Mm. Um, Cause he, cause he ends up having, cause uh, Zuko ends up having the redeeming, quality at the end where he saves his comrades uh from falling off the ship in the storm and yeah. that's a and, and i think i can't remember does ang have a bit of a realization not that not everyone cares for the avatar in that episode because doesn't the fisherman isn't he a bit sort of like dismissive of the whole avatar thing yeah because i think the fisherman he's more focused on his daily life right it's like this doesn't affect me i just need to fish like mm. I, I don't care who you are yeah like I've got other things that I need to worry about. I imagine, though, as a nine-year-old kid watching that episode, I feel like that would be really hard to get to grips with because mm. especially... What if- do you mean? He's the best guy. He's the hero. Why are you not... <laughs> but I mean the episode he's the greatest. in its entirety because especially, if, mm. like you said, if you're not watching week to week and you don't know the full context of the story, you've got an episode full of expositional backstory, flashbacks, yeah, and... It's one of the most Quite hard flashbacks as well. It goes into Zuko's like how he got the scar, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of, it's pretty dark. He stands up for the murdering of an entire fleet of their army just as a distraction, and he's like, "That we can't do that." And then because of that, he stands up to his dad, and his dad's like, "Now you got to fight me, bitch!" And it's discipline time. It's yeah, and then he gets banished for not fighting his father. It's like, blimey, way to looks like a way to just kick me when I'm down. You've burnt my face off and now you're kicking me out of the tribe and it's like ah what it's not fair man where's it's it's i love zuko yeah he's this rival character that is so like he's been dealt the worst hand imaginable despite coming from the winning nation and being the son of the emperor Mm. he goes through so much because he's he's got a terrible father he's but he's still loyal and he still sees this as part of his culture that he has to go and complete his mission to redeem himself and restore his honor. He's got to go and find the avatar. And 
the whole time you just think like you you in the same headspace as Eero, I think, as a as a viewer, because you want him to do better. You want him to break free of this chain that his dad's got around him. But yeah. he just keeps falling back into it. And so many times throughout the, the even the first book, we see moments where Zuko nearly manages it and like he helps Ang a lot and he contemplates whether he's going to go through with it, but then he always falls back into the same old indoctrinated Fire Nation yeah. mindset. And it's like, oh no, but that's so compelling to watch. Yeah, he's a really compelling villain. Um, and and that, that's what they've done well. They've created this adversary that is just constantly trying to get you to like him and then just pulling the rug out from underneath you. Um, Uncle Hero. Yeah. Um, is an interesting character in in that in I love him. He's so he's such a good mentor figure for this this um mm. fire and I think you've mentioned it I don't know if it was off air or in a previous pod but that that dynamic between them he's this sort of whimsical uh, wise old man that's guiding him without he's he's prodding and pushing and pulling um Zuko around to try and get him to see things from different perspectives, but he's doing it in such a, a caring and nurturing way. And he doesn't push too far. He, he always, it's, mm. it's just such a nice balance because he lets Zuko find things out on his own and his loyalty is to Zuko. And he knows that he can't, mm-hmm. he can't, he can't, yeah. he can't batter, he, can, he can't force his opinions on him. He can't force his perspective on him. He'll just offer it to Zuko and it's whether Zuko takes it or not. And sometimes he does and sometimes mm-hmm. he doesn't. Um, it's that chipping away, isn't it? He no, he understands that you, Zuko is such a ball of passion and um, drive for his mission. He nothing like if if Eero just hardwalled him, like Zuko would just either break through or completely reject him. And Eero cares too much for his um, nephew to let that happen. So that's why he's just again, like you said, giving him these opportunities to do good and teaching him these life lessons. But and also, modeling. He's modeling good yeah. behavior. He's modeling. Oh. <laughs> it's like being back in the classroom. <laughs> he's he's modeling how, like, when he treats others with kindness and doesn't react. Mm-hmm. He's like just showing Zuko. You know, you don't have to be a dick all the time. You don't have to be angry. <laughs> you don't have to be a dick all the time. You can, you should, you can just, more people should listen to Uncle Ira. Right. You should just chill with a cup of tea, have a conversation, laugh it off, move on, get on with your life. You'll be happier for it. Um. But yeah, that is such a cool dynamic and it's such a cool adversary to have. It's, it's, it's ultimately not the big bad. Um, and as, mm. as it sort of goes on and the end of the season, he sort of, he, he almost expresses his disillusionment with the Fire Nation because he's just like, I'm, I'm tired and I need to, I need to, need to stop for a bit or need, to, I can't remember what the exact words he uses, like I need to reflect or whatever. And yeah, I think Uncle Hero, Iro, Hero, Hero. Ah, hero. Um, I think he says, "Yeah, time. Let's have a rest." And um, obviously, knowing mm. knowing what comes in book two, it is a bit of a it's a very different um, Zuko. Um, yeah, but we get to, and the fact that we get to see that journey take place in a lot of other kids' TV shows and a lot of other anime, you'd have the rival stubborn headed character who barely changes and doesn't repent his ways. So I'm looking at you, Naruto, and I'm looking at Sasuke. Mm. Like, yeah you think of him as the main rival to Naruto and mild Naruto spoilers um, for this almost 20 year old franchise. Sasuke leaves and fully becomes the 
bad guy rival character. Right. And it's not even until the very, very end of the manga that he even shows that he still cares about Naruto and his friends. Right. It's like he doesn't redeem himself. He doesn't like show those same moments that Zuko does. There's nobody there to kind of guide he's him. Just and one dimension push and prod him. Yeah, exactly. He's just this. He's there to be edgy and cool. Uh, but, yeah, because like you don't have and Zuko's design. Go on. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say Zuko's design. <laughs> go. What about Zuko's design? Dozo. Go. 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 Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I was fucking going to say now. Um, what were we talking about? So we're talking about character. Uh, oh, yeah. I was going to say you don't have to have redeeming qualities. You know, you can have a big bad, but giving them opportunity to do good and reasons why they don't, I think is just more realistic and more, you know, yeah. if um, Sasuke, for for example, I don't know, has an opportunity, but because of the way someone treated him in that situation before or because something triggers him or it's not quite enough to draw him out, you can believe it more. But it's it's when it's they're, they're so defiant and obnoxiously bad without giving opportunity to redeem. It's That's what makes it a bit like, okay. He's bad guy. Yeah, it's bad guy. Bad guy do bad. Um, and yeah, so that was the Zuko portion of the podcast where uh, we gush about Zuko because we love him and respect him, and he's a good boy. <laughs> so, what about a main trio? Soccer is the best, objectively. Yeah, yeah, he um, is. I love him. He is so he's, good. He's so funny. But again, and he also gets a really interesting arc. Yeah. His his arc is so good and it's what what I like about it is he's he's the grounded one of the trio. He sort of looks at things from in every a, way. A, a, a bit he in certain circumstances he's like quite woke. Like he sort <laughs> he's he's able to sort of see things from different perspectives to a certain extent. There's this examples when he can't when it when it becomes the mystical and the magical he he finds that hard. Mm. But more often than not he's he's and again we see we see him be uh, obnoxious at times and and then he redeem himself in the same episode like when they they come to the tribe of girl warrior female warriors oh the kiyoshi warriors i love that episode it's a great so episode much. and it's it's his episode really it's his development there um as he sort of comes to terms with the fact that he doesn't have to be this bravado jock that is the greatest fighter um he can learn and he can be humble and he can and he goes to i can't remember the character's name he goes to the girl and and, and asks for her help mm. and her tutelage and she 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 offers that and it, it makes him a better person and it's it, again it's just showing depth of character and there's there's multiple mm. times where he does this where he he thinks he knows the way he thinks he knows what he wants and it's not necessarily always a bad position to be in but then through being open-minded he welcomes like becomes better for he it becomes better for it like the very first few episodes with ang he doesn't like ang mm. like he he At all. He, re- <laughs> he shuns him and like when i went back and sort of did my notes for this I- i'd forgotten that <laughs> he originally did not want anything to do with ang and it was um <laughs> it was katara that you know managed to well it wasn't even katara it was the attack he- their-, their village got attacked yeah and he stands up as a, as a warrior should and tries to defend his tribe. And that's why he doesn't trust Aang is because he's this random outsider and he knows the damage that the Fire yeah. Nation can do. 
and lo and behold, there's just one there's one line that's just like <laughs> Ang comes back and saves him and he's just he says something that's just like hey Ang thanks for coming <laughs> and it's so deadpan <laughs> and it's just so just uh, okay I was wrong he's... you're fine I guess thank you yeah, okay. I'm sorry Th- thanks let's get on your big bison and fly away <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd like that they've given soccer the everyman role in that he doesn't have magical element manipulating powers like Ang and Katara, mm. but he practices and he puts the work in and he's competent in his own way, even though the people around him and the people he's fighting often far outclass him in terms of how flashy their moves are or how um, prestigious they are. Mm. But he's just kind of got this, he's got pluck and he's got gumption <laughs> And he's going to give it a good go. And and I like that. I like that we have this character that isn't shooting laser beams from his eyes or but I think, doing I think you're cool also power. I think you're also doing him a disservice because it's not like he doesn't contribute. I think he, I think oh, yeah, his, absolutely. I think his almost strategic play is what makes it good. He, he, in, in fights, there's, there's moments that I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there's moments when that the other two want to do something because they are passionate about it and he'll go well no hold on that won't work because of this or this we we can do this instead or have we tried this and there's and again spoilers for book two there's there's key elements where he steps up as a bit of a leader and a bit of a and mm. and i think he's got street smarts he knows he can look at a situation yeah. in a different way to the other two that are almost looking at it through the eyes of a bender and he's going well hold on a minute that's not going to benefit the ordinary person or that's not going to help here. Or yeah. Um, and I think that's good because if you're a super powered person, you're going to want to use your superpowers to solve a lot of these problems. And a lot mm. of soccer's ideas are, no, we should be smart. We should be stealthy. We should talk to these people. We need to get supplies here, there. We need to yeah, keeping this them focused place. on the overall goal on the goal. Yeah. Instead of letting them just run off at every beck and call. Yeah. Which is kind of Ang's whole thing. He's a bit hyperactive. He's a bit shown in protagonisty in that regard, in that he's very kind of gung ho, happy, go lucky. But again, as we keep coming back to the way that the show adds that depth, and he's got all these doubts. He's like the Kyoshi Warrior episode. Mm. He lets all of the hype get to his head. Yes. And then that becomes his undoing. Like, like how he has to become humble. That episode in itself is so good character development wise because. Ang has to become humble. Katara has to deal with her jealousy of uh, of Ang and that sort of everyone's obsessed with Ang as the avatar, and she's just this measly waterbender. And it's something she has to deal with constantly throughout book one and and, yeah. and onwards. This idea that Ang finds things like when they're learning to waterbend, and Ang yeah. picks everything up really easily. She has to be really, really mature and realize that it's not about her. And as much as she wants to be on the same level as Ang, she's still just a kid and she yeah. finds it hard to deal with that. And then we have Saka who is just try, just developed so much in that episode, as we've already said, with a, a, mm. um, learning these new, this new perspective and understanding his role and that it, it doesn't have to be all about him being the greatest warrior. Um, mm. yeah, really. It's, it's a phenomenal episode. episode. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. What what other episodes really stood out to you um, um, in the first book? Okay, so there's a couple that I wanted to bring up. One of them is 
Sorry, I have people moving around my house. Um, <clears throat> hopefully they're supposed to be here. <laughs> One, <laughs> purple. One of the episodes is the Northern Air Temple. So when they go, yes, yeah, with the with the so basically the they go, guys. they they hear that there's a Northern Air Temple and there's people there, and they get really excited. So Ang goes along hype, and he finds this mad scientist dude who's moved his family and tribe. I guess. Yeah, it was like some misplaced earthbenders, I think. Right, yeah. Or like earth country. Yeah, yeah. And they set up in the earth palace or earth temple, sorry. And uh, I really like that episode. Um, just, It's got so many elements to it. I love the scientist character because he's doing what it, he needs to do to protect his people. But we find out that yeah. like he's got a contract with the Fire Nation to supply them with weaponry. And he's like, I don't feel mm. good about it, but like they're going to destroy us otherwise. And I've moved my family here to be safe. And I've got a disabled yeah. son and most of my family and people have been eradicated because of the Fire Nation. So it's like, mm. I, I, I'm not going to jeopardize uh, all what, that. What do you want me to do? Yeah, you can't really blame him, can you? No. You've got, to, you've got to see things. And again, having that kind of extra layer of, okay, they've been misplaced, but also he's got a moral decision to make in this episode is something that, I don't know. How did how did nine year old me deal with that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or did I just go, oh, cool, a, a wheelchair that can also fly? And again, including disabled people in your stories yeah, in a yeah. natural way and not pandering to anything, and actually making him just as skilled at flying as Ang is, and yeah. like giving him that power is great for kind of diversity, know, being more diverse and yeah. more inclusive. It's, it's great. Yeah, it is. Um... And and the whole episode, I, lo- I feel like, comes together really nice, really nicely because you have that. That's a really key moment of Saka being um, a more uh, a, what's the word tactical worker, where mm. he sort of he works with the scientist and he comes to some of the same conclusions. And it's it's played off as a joke, but he sort of has this other perspective where he can see things in a different way. And I don't know whether it is entirely works because I'd never see him as like an inventor but yeah it, it's it's interesting to see him come it's it's, it's it's interesting to see him have wins and to see him <laughs> to fe- get that w yeah to feel purposeful and feel like he's got um a place in this group and yeah you know lo and behold we get this awesome sort of play out of uh how we're going to defeat the fire army and ang steps up as this like drawing the line in the sand it's like look i get it i don't hate you but we stop now this is stopping now and then the scientist end mm. up, ends up helping he commits to it because ang doesn't really give him a choice he's just like <laughs> I'm, I'm starting this war and you're either in it or you're not but like i'm doing it from your place <laughs> i'm doing it from here yes yeah, so <laughs> so what are you gonna do um and the fight the, the the action scenes in that is really cool i think it's a nice way that it doesn't just revolve around Ang using his airbending or whatever. It's got yeah. a nice uh, military feel to it. The, the, the- yeah, it's the first time it feels kind of the conflict has scaled up because so that's the one with all the tanks, mm. right? The, with the treads. Yeah, the treads yeah, are reversible. It, it, I swear I had a remote control mm. car that did that when I was younger. You used to, you could, yeah, you could, you could drive into any wall and then it just flipped yeah. back over and just keep driving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah, it's another good, yeah, good episode. Completely agree. Have you got any that um, stand out one to you? The Blue Spirit episode. Is that like the end so, of the season? 
Oh no. no. No, the it's when Soccer and Katara both catch an illness. Oh and yes. Aang needs to go and find medicine and he ends up getting captured by Zhao. Yeah. And in the process, we find out that Zuko knows that Aang's been captured and he's like, "Ah, if Zhao cashes in the avatar, I'm never going to get my chance of redemption." Yeah. So what does he do? He puts on this blue mask. Yeah. He breaks into Zhao's facility and we get this amazing like Metal Gear Solid style <laughs> breakout yeah. where he breaks Aang free and he doesn't say a word. And that's what's so brilliant about it. The whole time he just gestures and he points and that's credit to the animators for really conveying the messages that he's giving without any dialogue. Yeah. And we get this awesome uh, escape scene. And in the end, Zhao's solution is let them go, but then snipe the blue spirit knocks out Zuko and we get this wonderful moment where Aang finds out his identity and again another pivotal point he goes to run away and then he comes back and saves him yeah and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> it's, it's so good and like I've just got the music just got goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> 100% and it's that's one of those moments where you know that Zuko's doing it for selfish reasons but also the fact that we get to see what the two of them working together and fighting would look like mm. so early in the show is really, <laughs> really cool, even though he's not using any of his firebending. But it really sells Zuko as this kind of, oh, he's an actual super legitimate threat after he's been clowned on for the first 10 episodes. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I want to take a, <clears throat> a hard left turn based on what you've just said. And we'll come back to episodes because there is another one that I want to bring up. But... Can we just talk about concept? I know we we discussed this in at the, mm. at the end, but I think it's such a big part of this show. Yeah, growing up, mm-hmm. I don't know where I don't know whether it's just me or whether it's um, a child a, a, a childhood thing that everyone sort of has. But the concept of the four elements being superpowers and battling against each other has always fascinated me, and it's something mm-hmm. that it was an easy win for this show to get on me because it's almost like the epitome of superheroes. You've got these powers that can, that are, you know, opposites of each other by nature and they're controlling these elements in sort of this magical way. Um, I don't know where it comes from. I feel like there's, there's definitely some, someone that shoots fire from their hands that as a kid, I was like, that is the coolest power in the world. And then when you introduce, and then when you introduce the other elements, um, it just, and, and the way they've done it, I, I like mm. how they're so you, they, they can mold it and manipulate it in unique and interesting ways that balance it out. Like they have different strengths and weaknesses. And we find out later mm. on as again, mild spoilers. Well, it's not spoilers at all, really. We find out that, you know, they, they, they're all, they all form part of this, they, they all have diff, yeah, different strengths and weaknesses. I don't know how else to say it. You know, they all, mm. they have. Well, they've got different styles, yeah, right? So, like, yeah. Earth, the whole idea That's of right. the earth bending style is that it's very, like, defensive, it's very yes. uh, decisive, and all the actions are very quick and clean. The mm. idea with water is that you go with the flow, fire is big bursts of power in short amounts of time. And big, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then air is this kind of gliding and Harmonious. acrobatic style. And it's, I love the way that it's depicted as well. Even from the very beginning where it, sh- it does the title role. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. 
earth, water, fire, wind, and it shows the different masters using very visually distinct mm. martial arts styles for each of the elements, like and even just the ways that their bodies are moving. Like the earthbenders are like striking yeah, yeah, and then yeah. stamping yeah. and making these things. Firebenders are kicking high and punching. Yeah. Waterbenders are like wiggling their arms around. Yeah, like yeah. An <laughs> but, but it's like just visually it works so well as a like a and you can imagine that kind of that inspiration from those eastern martial arts and that idea of chakras and yes and spiritualism coming into it and that this is and for this world it's like a natural extension of that you practice and you attune yourself to nature yeah and you can start to manipulate that and it takes practice we see with katara she builds herself up she's able to do more and more the she development of that start- yeah so good ah oh. and as a concept it's just like yeah of course and it doesn't feel out of place no in this world it doesn't feel like for some for example my hero academia which i love to pieces is modern day earth yeah and then there's just a bunch of people with superpowers and it's like ah, kind of weird not really developed upon or talked about much but okay i can it's it yeah. it's there yeah whereas here this feels like it's actually ingrained in the culture like earthbenders are needed to construct structures and we see most of their cities are built out of the rock that they've manipulated. We oh. see that the waterbenders, obviously, they're nomadic tribes. They move from place to place, like they like the flow of the water. Like Moana, Fire Nation is. I am Moana. Oh, great film! Yeah, but but you're you're it's right. Just... The settings and everything are revolve around it. I think almost the simplicity of having just four elements allows them to do a mm. bit more of that. So there are a bit of an advantage, just to say you know, uh, X-Men or the, or My Hero Academia, where you've got so many different powers, it'd be unrealistic to sort of contain them in that way. But, mm. but I think that's what almost makes it great. It's that like, and again, like I mentioned the Jackie Chan talismans, um, yeah. th- there's <laughs> quite a few of those in, in existence. I don't know how many there are. There's probably 12 given the 12, right? For the Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I figured. But, um, mm. Regardless, that's still a lot, a lot of things to play with when, when you're talking about powers and how they work together. You've got multiple combinations. Whereas here, you've only got four. Those are your four things that you need to work with. And it just, for a child's mind and even my mind, it's just really harmonious. And again, it goes back to the, the natural order of things, the natural elements in the world feels poignant. It feels spiritual. And yeah, it's just, it just comes together really nicely. And I love what you said about that the environment and how they develop these things. Cause like one of my, one of my favorite episodes and the first time you really appreciate that, I think is when they go see his old friend in the, in the, uh, earth bending city city. Yeah. And you've got the shoots that they're firing, that they're moving that it's like their postal service where they transport stuff yeah, it's around the mail, <laughs> the mail. And then you've got, um, oh, I can't remember the, the color schemes and the way every, everyone sort of, yeah, and then yeah. And, and then by the it's, end, it's great because mm-hmm. by the end you get the the, uh, the northern water tribe where everything's ice and everything obviously yeah is a lot more water, <laughs> watery. Yeah, it's great how they've managed to like take those, and even from like the earliest days of like mythicism and stuff, the idea that rock is sturdy, it stays in one place. It's like that reflects in the people. 
who use earthbending and live in that nation as will build fortress cities. <laughs> so all of the earth nation cities that we see are fortified. We see the water tribes living out on the oceans and surviving by that manner. It's just wonderful world building. Oh, possibly overly simplistic, but I think yeah, it, but or it, it could fall into simplicity. Yeah. But because they add all that level of nuance and stuff to it, especially with like the waterbenders yeah. for later on we meet other types of waterbenders who live in different places where there's lots of water. Um and oh, yeah. it just adds I just, that I just got, extra layer. Yeah, I just I just got what you were saying, yeah. I but 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 I think there's elements of that even in this because by the end of of book one we have this northern water tribe, but then they're so surprised that the southern water tribe don't live on. Well, I can't remember what the what the what the difference is, but there's definitely like don't doesn't sucker and people. Oh no 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 maybe I'm getting mixed up with book two. I might be I might be getting mixed up with book two in the thing that you're talking about, but. There's definitely a difference in the landscape and things. The, the Northern Water Tribe has these for, this fortified, almost big wall, like full on, full on city, plane, and, then, right? and then Saka and um, Katara are just Katara. are just stuck in, in, in like this desert wasteland, small ice very small, yeah, very small village. You know, it's a it's not a big city. So there is even within yeah. that, there's a big contrast, um, mm. and. And, and like the idea and the different customs and stuff, because in the northern one, the women can't bend. They're not allowed to bend. They yeah. focus on healing, which the southern water tribe didn't even know was a thing. Apparently they didn't even like, cause Katara didn't know that yeah. you could heal and the, but she was allowed to water bend. So I think there is that there are those nuances and those different, those cultural differences even within them. And mm, yeah, which adds to the setting and makes it feel more realistic and as realistic as it can be. But like, yeah of course there's going to be differences even within a nation like is is book one the one with the cave mm, and the moles the, no that's book two yeah. when he's learning earth bending yeah but yeah we, we as the world opens <laughs> up and the globe trotting adventure keeps going like we meet all these different people and celebrate all these different people who live their lives in different ways and ang is there to see what living in the world looks like and why he needs to step up to his mantle as the avatar like he needs to know what he's fighting to protect and that's the other thing that i wanted to kind of call attention to is the fact that this is essentially just one big road trip yeah as i yeah. goes to learn the different styles of bending yeah and um, what did you think of like going to all the different locations because sometimes i feel it can feel a bit like village of the week yeah and like filler as it goes but what did yeah um, thoughts? There are definitely some elements of that. Um, I think like, a bit like we said up top, I think they, they what they do well is that they make every episode important in some way, even if it is predominantly a filler episode. Um, the, 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 the one where he meets his friend, um, the rock episode, the, the earth episode where yeah. he goes to that and he gives him the three challenges and we find out it's his friend at the end. I like that episode for a lot of reasons, but generally it is fairly fillery. It does feel a, mm. a bit sort of exp just just giving you a, another dynamic to this world. Um, but again, like I like the episode, so I don't think that's a. a I don't. I think it's. I think it's. It's difficult, isn't it? It is a bit fillery, and you could do without. You, 
you don't need it at that stage but then they throw back to it later on like they come back to there yeah and it's changed because it's been taken over by the fire nation and stuff like that so it's it's part of the long story that you 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 want to be a part of um mm. and it's rewarding to then see it come back up later and being like oh yeah i remember this place and like to see yeah. it so changed it's like ah, oh, wow the world is changing i didn't I, I did think earlier i think it, at the beginning where because because they almost call it out they almost call it out i think because there's a bit when he go he wants to go carp swimming and f- gi- mm. uh, riding the giant fish in the ocean and that's and, oh, and yeah. the others are just like what like no we've got a job to do we need to go teach you water bending. You need to become the avatar. Let's do that. And he's like, nah, I'm a 10 year old kid. I want to go ride some giant carp. So they go and they do that. And lo and behold, shit goes down and they, they need to sort of change tact. And, um, I can't even remember how that episode ends, but then that seems to be a bit of a turning point. Either they're or very close to there when Ang does. Oh, it's because, well, he gets a time, <laughs> he gets a time limit, doesn't he? He, he, he when he speaks yes. to, Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of the previous avatar. Oh, the previous one. Uh, it's not Roshi, is it? That's Dragon Ball. Roku? Roku? Roku. I think it's Roku. Roku. Yeah, so he, he speaks to Avatar Roku and after, after becoming a spirit for a bit. And that, that's a cool episode as well. I like that. Oh, when he looks down the line and sees all the past avatars all lined up and they're all staring at him. That is, that goes hard. Yeah. That is a, so raw. Oh! Um, and Roku tells him that you have to do it by summer or whatever. The solstice, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. When the, when Ozen's comet comes yes. through the sky, otherwise the world will be doomed. And now it's like, and oh, yeah, okay. That's... And now I need, there is a time oh. limit on this. Crap. <laughs> I've got to do what you, all of you guys did in like six months. Mm. And that's good as well. It's a long enough time limit that it's kind of believable. Mm. Whereas like I, uh, this week uh, gone by. I was looking at the One Piece timeline. Oh, yeah. And apparently a lot of it happens within the space of like a year. Right, okay. <laughs> it's like it's like a couple of months, then a time skip, and then it's been like a few months. Right. But it's like because it's been running for 20 plus years, yeah. it feels like a lot longer. Whereas with this, it's like, okay, so we've got a definitive six months yeah. and things change. And again, that persisting in that long form means that actual proper development can take place yeah and it mm. it puts that pressure on them that they're, they're not they can't drag it out too long um it's 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 a good time period yeah i think it's a it's a good sort of what are you gonna say from a meta perspective as well yeah that's really good because it's not gonna go on forever like the simpsons or go on forever oh yeah like um like one piece or well, like that's... naruto where the stories got overstretched this is a complete tale in three books. Yeah, and that is what really... I think that's what turned me off before watching this. I think that's why I've never given it a chance because I think the first couple of episodes, if we were just doing the first three, there is a potential that I would not watch more because I, I think that's... that. It's not... Well, we don't know that yet. And that I think... I don't know whether in those first three episodes it has that they're pretty weak as far as i remember the kyoshi warriors is episode four mm. i remember that much but the first few is ang wakes up they run away from the fire nation yeah i think they get given their quest to go to the north and that's about all that happens yeah, yeah. um okay another episode that i want to bring up uh-huh 
is The Great Divide. Do you remember this one? Um, Yeah, I think I might have even... What happens in it? Remind me. Is this the... No, it's not the one with Jet, is it? No, this is the one where there's, you've got two random tribes that really hate each other. Yes, and they're going through the, the canyon. Yes. And the guy's broken his arms. Yes. yes. How do you feel about this episode? I'll be real with you. I can't remember much about it other than Ang has to be the mediator. Yeah. And I remember him getting really annoyed Yeah, with both sides. Yeah. And I can't remember what his big solution was to make them not hate each other. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very... So for those of us that haven't seen this episode or need a reminder, there's these two tribes and they both hate each other because of an event that happened years ago where one tribe has a different perspective to the other and both make both scenarios are supposedly reflecting on the same event and they're both looking at it from different perspectives blaming the other tribe there's flashbacks right yeah 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 some guy and is there an orb involved there is an orb he has to trans he has to move the orb it's part of their ceremonial thing from one thing thing from one place to another he drops the orb or something happens to the orb and they blame the other tribe and then they blame the other tribe because they accused them of something when they didn't i don't know or they imprisoned the guy Mm. that did it and they didn't really do anything he was helping the guy so there's this all miscommunication around what actually happened um and i Look, it, it, it's not the, I, I liked the episode and I liked the dynamic yeah. and I liked the fact that Saka and uh, Katara both took opposing views. They both went with each and they heard their stories and became supporters of that, that argument. Yeah. Um, with, and, and then they, but, well, but I'm feeling there's a but there. Well, there's, there's two buts. First of all, I didn't like Ang's solution. I kind of liked Ang's solution. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't get. I didn't get this big satisfaction because basically Ang lies. He <laughs> so he he basically says, "Yes, huh? I was there when this whole story went down, and actually, it wasn't this person. It was two baby brothers. One of them took their toy, and then he didn't get put in prison. He got put in a timeout for stealing his brother's toy. And then they grew up, and they were best of friends, and it was all fine. And they were like, huh, this story's been manipulated, and we've been fighting a war for no reason. And then later, at the end of the episode, he's like, huh. They were like, oh, that's crazy that you were there. And he was like, yeah, yeah I wasn't. Like, Absolutely not. Yeah, that was all <laughs> I was made up. up. <laughs> I was just fed up with their bullshit over something that doesn't matter. And it's, I guess it's a good, a good way of illustrating to children that holding a grudge benefits no one. Like, you, mm. it doesn't matter. Like, I've just made up this thing and now they're fine. Like, wh- how easy was that to solve? You just don't yeah. worry about it. You just put it in the past and leave it there. So there is a lot of good, uh, what's the word? Sort of symbolism, not symbolism, like morals. Morals. Yeah. There's good moral development. There's a good, a good way of illustrating that but it's but <laughs> it's a filler episode like <laughs> absolutely like, is. like nothing nothing else happens story-wise from what i can remember um and ang doesn't really gain anything from having told this white lie or anything like nope. he doesn't ever as far as i know lie in that kind of way again hmm. it's just and he doesn't learn earthbending is... which was kind of his his mission and he's with an earthbender um yeah and he just doesn't do anything yeah so yeah, I think there are a lot of episodes throughout that first season. I, I say a lot. 
there's there's a few episodes in that first season that, that can feel very fillery, mm. especially towards the beginning before they kind of find their feet. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that The Great Divide is maybe one of the odd ones out in terms of not developing the characters or not pushing the story forward or pushing any character growth forward. I don't even think Zuko really turns up in that one at all. No, I don't think so. I don't think he turns up at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one out of 20. Oh, yeah. Like, not a bad ratio. No. And I think it, it's interesting. I, I had a look at the episodes and it goes, book book one is 20, book two is 18, and book th- book three is 16. It goes down two episodes each time. Yeah. Which, um, mm, I think it was because when it was airing, um, I think they wanted to do four books as far as I'm remembering. Like, feel, Please feel free to get in touch and correct me if I'm wrong. But as far as I remember, they wanted to do four books, but because it wasn't performing as well as stuff like SpongeBob, which is just the endless content machine, yeah, yeah. Um, they only renewed so many episodes. So they, the number got less and less and they had to really tighten the story up. So I think that's why book two and book three start to really, really zone in mm. on moving that plot forward with every episode and the episodes like the great divide which flesh out the world and add some extra side quests for them to yeah, do yeah yeah start to kind of wane off and just disappear everything becomes more focused yeah although there is a whole like five episodes where upper gets stolen and then they have to find <laughs> upper again is that the one with with boomy boomy splody man yes yes it is <laughs> <laughs> Um, splody splody boom guy <laughs> <laughs> oh what a shame he's not in season one great antagonist yeah um, very nice okay so my final big positive that I really want to just just mention and give credit towards before you know we wrap up um, is just again to gush over the fact that these characters are not just a whole series of NPCs like the mm. the, the wider character ca- the wider cast have these stories going on simultaneously and we meet them at certain points and then they go off and they carry on their journey and then we come back across them and things have developed. Everyone doesn't seem to be just this generic person who's part of this town. They have lives, they have families, they have interactions that illustrate this and it's just, a, it just shows that they've thought about that and that they, they it, it could have felt flat if they didn't do that, but it, it they do it well. Mm. I agree. And the fact that these characters do come back in pivotal ways and at big moments or even in small moments and just they've got that history. Yeah. Is really nice. Especially the MVP of the whole show, Cabbage Seller. <laughs> <laughs> My cabbages. Yeah. I mean, incredible joke. It, it, is it? I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I've got nothing against the cabbage joke. I just. Yeah, it's that he is there a lot, and he he, he loses his cabbages. Bless him. <laughs> um, my final big point uh, to raise is the fact that this was pretty much entirely animated in South Korea. Oh wow! And the way that it worked was they sent the storyboards and stuff over. And it was all scripted and ready. Yeah, and basically said to the studio, "This is the plot. Here's the script. This is what needs to happen." you do you and the studio had such free reign to just do what they wanted and the result is it can look a little bit stilted at times but 
I think that actually there are some really nice moments and some really interesting fight choreography. Like I already mentioned the the different styles and how they right, yeah, perform yeah, yeah, their yeah. bending. But like the fights in particular yeah. th- that stand out to me in season one, there's Jet versus Ang yeah. in the woods. Yeah, and Jet that's has cool. these cool trick swords that he clips into one another and spins around like kind of like almost like nunchucks in a whip and they're jumping through the trees yeah. and climbing around and there's such this focused choreography it feels like you're watching something like crouching tiger hidden dragon or like one of those old wire foo films yeah and it 100 percent lands and i'm really glad that they got the chance to create it in this way well, and like the watercolor painting backgrounds and stuff like that. I, th- or- I think with the fight scenes in particular, there's a real the, the, there was a real opportunity, there was a real chance that that, that could fail because it's yeah. water fire. It's the four elements. If you're not creative enough, they're all going to look the same. They're all going to look. You just shooting blasts at each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right in that the, the way they make it so interesting, and even when it's like fire versus fire, they do it in a cool way. And they, the Agni Kais. What a cool name for two firebenders just kicking the shit out of each other. <laughs> um, like there's, there's a bit when, is it, I can't remember, I think it's Ang. It might be like, there might, there's, there might be the Mandela effect going on it. I feel like it's Ang with <laughs> the, what the, the guy you mentioned early on, the fire lord person, Zhao. General Zhao. General Zhao. Zhao. Yeah. Um, who, when he's destroying the ships, cause Ang sort of, directs his mm. fire towards his own ships and he's so angry and pent up on this fire nation fury that he's attacking him and he's just destroyed his own fleet um it's a really nice way of doing that and another beautiful moment in this series when ang tries to learn firebending and burns katara that's yeah brutal. and he's like i'm never doing that again and that'll be interesting to see how that plays out later on when he's supposed to yeah. master that because i haven't got that far yet um that's another really good episode because it's like this reclusive firebender yes, who's just who's yes. sworn off the nation he's just he's done with it he's he's jaded he's fought too many battles and he just wants to live quietly and alone by the side of this river and it's just and it's a good lesson it's it's a good chance for ang to fail and that again that decision to never touch firebending persists it's not like the next episode he's suddenly like lol well now i'll just do it anyway it, it's it's actual trauma for yeah, him yeah. he's hurt somebody that he cares about yeah. and it's it's powerful yeah um the funniest episode oh funniest episode uh uh for me don't know is the fortune teller episode oh madame Wu. yeah and soccer's like soccer. oh, this is just a crock of shit yeah soccer <laughs> in that episode is just calling out all of this stuff he's <laughs> like this is just one moment that i burst out laughing when he's with um he meets this guy who's like madame what's she called i don't know Wu. Ma- i think madame Wu told me i would meet the love of my life when i'm wearing these red shoes and he's like how long have you been wearing them every day since well of course you're going to be wearing them when you meet her <laughs> like yes, uh, that's yes uh, you really think so yeah what, <laughs> that's, <laughs> what do you what mean, do you mean? <laughs> oh it's so and then the volcano erupts at the end right yeah and they're all like madame <laughs> Wu said we'd be safe and look we were yes but you wouldn't have been if we hadn't have saved you what <laughs> In a way, she's right. Uh, that episode also tries to work in a bit of romance, right? Because uh, they talk about oh yeah, their yeah, no, exactly, yeah. Because this is when mm. Ang falls 
for uh for Katara. Um, I don't yeah. know how that plays out later on, but there's definitely from what I've seen up to in book two, there's still remnants of that, and there's still definitely this sort of um will they won't they sort of vibe between between yeah. them. And I I'd like that because it, it doesn't feel forced, no. and it's it's that kind of awkward teenage uh oh yeah because i've got oh yeah i've got to a bit where that plays out Uh, yeah the caves oh yeah the caves caves. with the moles that is that i genuinely was really happy with that i was like that's nice uh anyway and it only gets more interesting okay cool yeah anything else with avatar the last airbender before we I guess kind of go into slice of life uh, from here. Yes, because yeah. this is more of a recap. I think so. Um uh, no. Have you got anything else you want to add? Oh, the, I mean the finale. Oh yeah. The Siege of the North. Yeah. Where oh my god. Oh we did I know. The death. Okay. Section four. The end. The last episode. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Um everything's built up. The whole season, 18 episodes to get to the north. We've had a whole episode of uh, the patriarchy stomping down Katara. Yeah. And she fights back. And the Fire Nation just pops off. They're like, absolutely not. They send, like, everything. They send an entire fleet the way to the northern water tribe. The way they introduce that first confrontation with Aang. And he's going to town on the ship. He's not taking any prisoners. Yeah. He blows up their machine that's like, it trashes it. He's he's the master of airbending. And he just absolutely wipes out that ship. And then it pans out. And there's thousands of ships. And he's like, and it's like oh, oh, oh. no. The stakes just got raised. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great because that's just such a good moment of it. Like, yeah, this is everything that this journey has been building up. And Ang is using all of these skills and like all of the combat prowess that he's got. And then just for that realization that, oh, no, this is actually going to turn into a war and people are going to get hurt. Obviously, death in anime is often treated in strange ways, depending on the show. But even more so in Western cartoons, we don't really get to delve into that or talk about it. But I think Avatar handles it in a really interesting way in that clearly people here are going to die. It's a war. Yeah. It won't explicitly show anything because of course not. It's a kid's TV show. Yeah, yeah. But the implication is always there and the atmosphere feels heavy and feels tense. Yeah. Even though they're not showing blood and gore and death. Yeah. Like rare is it for a show to be able to keep that feeling there and that tension and that understanding without them just dissolving it to being really explicit like if we think of like cabinary or like yeah i don't know something like that the way that they sell you on oh this is dangerous is blood gore death mm. here it's like oh this really peaceful tribe that we've got to see and sokka has been walking around with the princess and we see what life's like and the all the ice houses and there's these cool little fish and then just tanks and fire and it's amazing. It is. I did not see that coming as well. I was like, no way. Surely she's just going to lose her powers or something. Or I don't know. Oh. Like I did not see her dying. And the way she, the, the kiss at the end when she fades off and oh. Sucker's face. Sucker. Oh, and you know, he, he, that affects oh. him long term. We see the effects of that into, into book two. And it's just. Yeah, it's a really cool... And the big, giant, glowy fish Godzilla is just... Oh, Avatar State fish god. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
and he just starts swatting chips and you're just like hang dude yeah he just slices <laughs> them and it's down. like and then I, I can't even remember what but I, I watched that that sh- that shot again before before uh this and he grabs Gen- general zao in his fight with zuko um yeah and yeah and zuko reaches out to take my hand he's still trying to be a part of the fire nation and he's still a good person he doesn't want this guy to die and he general zara leaves his hand out he's like no nah, i'm not i'm not taking that i'm not i'm not i'm not willing mm-hmm. to accept that help from you you're a traitor and you're that a traitor, you're first a of all oh blemming zuko, zuko. <sighs> Can't get the W. But second of all, I can't remember what happens to to Zhao. Is he dead? Like I can't remember. Zhao dies. Oh, is that is like, that that's, that, the, that's him dying? One of the only kind of explicit things. It's like I think, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he basically he gets grabbed by the fish, and then he get, Ang he gets submerged. they basically absolve Ang. Yeah, they they absolve Ang of it, and basically he drowns. Mm, yeah, um, and he's out of the picture. Right. Interesting. But yeah, and then we get the whole thing with Zuko kidnapping Aang and the, the confrontation on the ice plains where he has to build the igloo and try to keep what he's still so doggedly obsessed with redeeming himself that he's even willing to walk into actual desert, yeah. like barren plains with no plan and a tied up avatar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, one of the best fight sequences. <laughs> yep. Upper versus the giant anteater lizard thing. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> the, the tracker? V- vaguely. Oh, wait, yeah, because Zuko hires a bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, he? yeah. And then Appa the has weird to fight, fight it. And it's got like um an anesthetic tongue and it it it, mm. it uses it on Appa and you see Appa. I think it's just great animation, great storytelling. Appa doesn't go down because it's so big, but like it after repeated repeated stings of this um sort of knockout tongue, it it just Appa slowly falls and slowly. I, I, it was just a really nice dynamic and the way Appa fights with its giant tail and it's just yeah. interesting. Cuz he cuz Appa can do little bits of airbending, right? I don't know. Right? I don't know. I mean, he seems to just flap his tail and make it windy. Uh, I don't know if it's and actual he can fly. I guess. Oh, he can fly. <laughs> there is, there is that. Um, there is the fact that the the, the, the ten foot tall bison. Yeah, I, <laughs> he can just fly around. Sure. Yeah, he can airbend. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. I, okay. The final question is that we need to talk about the final two most important characters in the show. We've already kind of hinted at him, but Momo and Appa. What do we think? Momo, I hate Momo. I love Appa. Yeah, yeah. Momo is done. Like, what? A why? Just fine. Um, and Appa is great. Like that. Honestly, anyone. There's certain people that can't watch. My girlfriend being one of them can't watch shows if anything bad happens to animals. That. Mm. Uh, but that's book two. Never mind. We'll talk about that next time. Um, let's get next in. Next time we return. Let, uh, I mean, oh, wait, what about this show? This. It's clearly getting in the universe, even though it's not an anime, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Avatar is anime. Fuck you. Fight me. <laughs> I'm so glad we remembered to talk about the finale, because I feel like people would have hated on us for so long. Um, if, just if like, just they mis- talked about the characters for so long. <laughs> they 
spent 20 minutes talking about Zuko, but not the finale. <laughs> Fake podcast. <laughs> um, okay, guys, we're going to leave it there with regards to Avatar The Last Airbender book one. Um, stay tuned for if we're, I don't know whether we're going to talk about book two. Uh, we probably will at some point. Um, and thank yeah. you guys for listening. Let us know what you think about Avatar. Is it okay that we've talked about it in the part? I hope it is. We, we, we do live action stuff as well occasionally if it's anime related. So I think this is cool. But let us know your thoughts. Yeah. And if you grew up watching this or whether you've watched it in recent years and uh, what you thought of it. Um, we're going to move into Slice of Life where we just have a quick chat about what we've been doing this week. Um, if you're not sticking around, thank you for listening again. And hit us up on socials instagram twitter whatever else uh wherever else you can find us at gateway to the universe email us at gateway to the universe at gmail.com and yeah we'll see you next week in the universe here we are again ladies and gentlemen for slice of life the portion of the show the award-winning uh this claim is disputed uh section of the show where we get to just talk about what we've been up to in our general lives just a bit of a catch-up between will and i which is the reason we've created this entire podcast basically <laughs> pretty uh, much will, <laughs> what have you been reading watching listening to doing over the past couple of weeks um okay so i've been i've started and i've only very recently started so i haven't got very far i've started the novel uh from death note the uh, files oh, the, the Black- Los Angeles yeah. BB murder case. Yes. Uh, I bought that the other day and it's such a cool cover. Um, and I've it j- so good. just started so nice at the beginning the and I'm enjoying it. And but I need, I, that's all I can say at this point because I haven't really got very far. Um, okay. I've been watching Attack on Titan release weekly. Uh, I haven't caught oh up with God. last week's, I don't think, but I'm pretty much up to date. Okay. Um, and yeah after i feel like with attack on titan final season and i won't spoil anything okay but i feel the first half of this set of episodes was absolutely insane and like broke the internet yeah and suddenly we've now got this like and it's needed but there's like a narrative lull as we kind of move towards the finale mm. and it's like it's set everything up and now it's, it's been interesting the tension yeah it's been really interesting watching the reactions online to it because it's it's very similar to when the manga was releasing and we were getting these much slower chapters, mm. like a month at a time. And it was like, ooh. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I, I mean, it's so cerebral at the minute um, with everything that's mm. been going on um, in that sort of plane, astro plane. Um, astro plane. It is, it is interesting. Um but I'm, I've, I've been watching, um, I mentioned him a while ago, um, and I'm not necessarily, I, I'm watching Nicholas Light TV, who's reacting to his first watching of Attack on Titan. And that is just so oh, yeah, you mentioned, satisfying. Yeah. He's doing a couple of episodes at a time. He's now in season th- three. Um, he's just starting season three. Okay. I think he's just finished oh. season two. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say about the uh, that Levi sequence in season three. Mm, yeah, you know the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> it, it's it's it, his reaction to it live. It's just it feel it reminds you of just all of that, um, all of all of what makes it great and that storytelling and the reveals and the way it just exponentially just gets better or bigger and bigger and removes mm. removes yourself from 
what it was at episode one. Um, great show. Amazing show. Love it. Um, apart from that, not a lot else. Formula One season starts this coming weekend. And I'm so, oh, I so excited. I'm so, so excited. I should it, actually join in. Mate, you should. It's the new generation of cars. We have no idea who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. We've just had the season. We've just had the last testing weekend this weekend and Ferrari look very mm. good. Um, Mercedes mm. haven't really lit anything on fire. They've been focusing on testing the car rather than setting fastest laps. Verstappen looks quick as hell in Red Hamilton's Bull. with Mercedes, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Hamilton mm-hmm. and George Russell now, who was a newcomer a couple of years ago, raced for Williams. Um, he's, they're both English, so we've got two English drivers at Mercedes. Um, oh wow. Yeah. George Russell's a cool guy. I'm hoping he does well. But yeah, there's, uh, like Hass have got better. We've got, um, everyone's in the mix because it's the new generation of cars and everyone's really struggling to get to grips with it. It's supposed to, encourage like f- three times as close racing so cars can get closer to each other there should be I was much say that's you were mentioning the yeah. fact that the cars are going to be much closer but already like i remember before i left to come here watching f1 every sunday it seemed like every other week there was this cataclysmic crash <laughs> because the cars were so close mm. and you're saying that they're encouraging the driving to be even closer yeah yeah no i, th- I, th- I think there has been a lull in the last sort of season especially where once you were sort of in a position like DRS helps and we've got um, uh, bits that sort of helps the car that following, but because of the turbulence, it was just really tricky for them to get close enough to overtake a lot of the time. And um, so even, uh, so there were times in, on certain circuits where the fast cars just couldn't get past the slower cars and it made the race a bit dull and nullified it. Uh, um, so, yeah. so it should be really interesting. There's, there's, there's this warbling effect that cars are going through where they bounce in the straights that, that they're, that they're <laughs> really trying to get rid of because it, it, of like the frequency of the speed and the way the, the, the air pressure goes, it's making it bounce up and down, which is, um, they're tr- all trying to negate at the minute. I don't know. It's going to be mind blowing. Wow. I'm really, really excited. So if anyone is thinking about getting into F1, everyone's going to be going into it and as a bit of a, like a, a new, I think a fresh start. A fresh start. Now it's it's a good time. To it's the it. new arc. It is. It is. It is. It's the new era. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. What about you? What about you? What have you been up to this week? Awesome. Um, I know that in the last episode, I mentioned that I was on episode nine hundred and fifty-six of One Piece. Oh yeah. I am now on episode one thousand and five. Wow. Meaning, I only have nine episodes to go to be fully caught up and become. <sighs> One of the legendary weekly One Piece watchers. Wow. Well done. I think. I honestly right, don't can, know what I'm going to do. Editor Sam, can you insert a round of applause uh, noise just there? Because I think it's thank you. No, not, thank not, you. Not ironically. Thank you, everybody. Not sarcastically. This is good. Genuine, genuine effort. I accept this praise. Praise me more. Praise more. More for me. Good. Love I'd like to thank Lord Sam. Crunchyroll. One Piece. <laughs> Will for putting up with me. <laughs> chatting about it every other week and just giving him random names of art. <laughs> uh, uh. The bookshop that I bought my first volume from. Uh, <laughs> so by this time, uh, by the next episode, I should be fully caught up. Brilliant. Other than that, um, 86 has just come back. All right. Uh, it Because of production issues, it took three months off and it's now back for the final two episodes. So I'm expecting those to both be absolute bangers. I've got model kits of the robots that I'm going to build as well. Nice. And I've been playing lots of video games. I played Demon Souls. Um, I started that 
a few weeks ago and I've just finished it. Um, very difficult. Didn't realize I was fighting the last boss though. Uh, um, I was, I, I kind of came up to him and I was like, Oh, this is taking ages. I'm riding an elevator to get there. Oh, he's, he's literally taken away an entire level from my character. That's a bit annoying. I looked up a guide. It didn't say final boss or anything. I was just like, okay, whatever. Smashed my head against him a few times and beat him. And then I looked online. It was like, oh, that was the last boss. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what? So a bit of an anticlimactic. Six levels for me. Uh, a little heavy. bit. But that's kind of the way that these uh, Souls games always play. Like um, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, uh, Bloodborne, Sekiro often if you're not paying enough attention then you can end up fighting god within the first like 20 minutes <laughs> and it's like oh <laughs> right okay okay but this was all in preparation for elden ring which has been taking the entire world by storm um the best selling from software game i think ever the most successful launch at the very least Ooh. and it's an open world dark souls game and I've purposefully not been playing it until I've got a bit of a holiday coming up. Yeah, so I'm yeah. going to dedicate my life to it then. Cool. Um, it's going to be very exciting. And I've also been playing Ghost Runner, which is like Mirror's Edge and Hotline Miami had a cursed baby. <laughs> and it is some of the most fun I've ever had being angry at a game. <laughs> ah. Well, I'm glad you've it's like, had fun with it. <laughs> Go on. It's amazing. Like it's like a cyberpunk uh first person slice them up, I guess. It's like a park like it's parkour and combat combined together. And you have to play each level perfectly. If you oh. get hit once you die. Ooh. And you instantly respawn at the beginning. Right. So you learn exactly where you need to run and exactly where you have to use each power or dodge or find the yeah, enemy yeah. and it, you enter it's temple like, run it sounds stupid yeah sure temple <laughs> run but with more cybernetically enhanced zombies yeah. um, it sounds kind of weird to say but you enter into this kind of flow state where once you get a good run yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're in that kind of headspace you go into the next room and then you'll just do it perfectly mm. and then you go into the next room you just do it perfectly and then something will distract you and then you'll die 50 times yeah like it's ridiculous it's crash bandicoot One level i had a thousand deaths it's crash bandicoot it is crash bandicoot especially the new one mm. fuck that game <laughs> but that's it for me i'm all done brilliant uh that, that's all i've been doing this past couple of weeks well we're all caught up i hope you guys have enjoyed the show and uh enjoyed our little ramblings as always uh let us know what you've been up to let us know what we should do next and we'll leave it there for this week thank you guys for listening welcome to the anniversary we'll see you next week